Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to CK Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Welcome back to Foster Family Matters. Today, we're talking about uh, parenting in general, and it will certainly apply to uh, foster families and adoptive families, pretty much every family out there. Uh, Ryan and Lori, I have a question for you guys to start this one off. Um, You're both parents. Yes. Yes. Thank you for confirming. (laughs) Last time I checked. I can officially confirm I am a parent. Fantastic. So do either of you uh, find parenting to be particularly convenient? Mm. I'll let Lori go first. Um, you want the honest answer or do you want to like fluff it up me. a bit? Uh, <laughs> I can lie. Um, but not just you to know Sean, what? to everybody listening. I know. And I'm not going to do that because I'm an honest person. Uh, yeah, it's it's an inconvenience. It's hard. It's a challenge. It's a struggle. I mean, I think I could spend the whole 20 minutes of this podcast giving you different adjectives for the feelings associated with them and maybe sprinkle one or two good ones in there. And I say that with some levity because because I just think that's honest and that's real. And if we we tend to sugarcoat or put on some rose-colored glasses or present it as anything other than that, number one, we're not being honest with ourselves, but number two, we're doing a disservice for the other parents out there that are experiencing similar things. Well, I, th- I think it's like, um, you know, all recovery programs at, at the beginning, there's some element of saying, you know, hi, my name is and I am a, uh, right? And because if you don't take ownership of what's really going on in your life, those programs have come to learn over their, their long, the, the long, long years of success that that is the standing point, a starting point to recovery. And I think that just to jump, you know, tag onto what Laurie said there, if, if you just choose to see it all through rose colored glasses and just think I'm okay. Um, the, the hard times truly are harder because they're just so devastating because you um, aren't prepared for them mentally, let alone having like the skills or the coping mechanisms. They just are so surprising because we're doing fine. I think that fine is probably one of the most dangerous words in, in English. Uh, I'm fine. How's it going? I'm fine. To me, that's like, okay, that's, they're, 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 there's smoke, there's fire behind that smoke right. and people think that they're fine. Or, or not comfortable to, to share because maybe for a myriad of reasons, but the first one that comes to my mind is if I admit it, it's true. So if I'm not fine, if mm, I really good. say this is really difficult, then maybe that feels uncomfortable. And that, that shakes up the presentation of who I am. That shakes up the, the appeal or the aura that other people see me as. We're, I mean, and we, we've talked about in podcasts, and we will continue to podcast as long as we're on the air, about the importance of vulnerability and how difficult it is to be vulnerable, but how important it is to be honest with yourself and others to say, this sucks right now. you know, And it's, it doesn't have to be the big blow blow up where Johnny got so mad and angry that he broke something or that he hurt himself or somebody else. It's the trying to make it through the the line at the elementary school on time to get your kids there every day. 
on time and not be tardy, trying to get from work to school to pick them up and then laying in bed and and wondering, am I a horrible person that I have to drop my kid off early in the morning to go to early child care and then late in the afternoon and he goes to after school care. And is that the kind of mother that I thought I would be? Is that how I pictured myself raising my kids? They need me. I should be home. Oh, yeah. And by the way, what's for dinner? Oh, and shoot, I haven't done lunches yet. And crap, they don't have any clean clothes. Well, they'll just go to school in their pajamas. I mean, at some point, you just kind of find yourselves in these moments of surviving. And it's surviving the everyday, not necessarily the the big mountains of chaos that can definitely also come their way when we parent. Yeah, I just think that, that, that I mean, there are so many layers to this idea that we could probably sit here for hours and talk about. And one of the things we found... Um, is why, why we pretended everything was probably better than, than it was for a long time because, um, and I think a lot of people can identify this uh, with this, when we told our family and friends that we were going to become foster parents, um, there was not like um, a big party thrown in our honor. It was, are you sure? And so, um, you know, we, we pretended like everything was okay for many years uh, when we were struggling because we didn't want to hear the worst phrase in all of English. I told you so. And I think that, that that's, that's true. But, you know, I think that's true for us and I think that's true for a lot of people. But, but the flip side of that that we've learned over the last, you know, 15 years of being parents is that, is that it's okay to say I'm not okay. It is okay to say I'm not okay. Um, nobody thinks, um, because I think we, we grew up in a pull yourselves up by your bootstraps kind of world. Um, and so one of the lessons we try to teach our children is that if you, it's okay to ask for help. Um, because, you know, a lot of times we think that asking for help means I'm weak, but, but my mind shift over the years has been, well, asking for help just proves you're smart because it, it you recognize that you can't do this on your own and you need help doing it. And so that's one of the things we try to really communicate to our children. And so often I learned that the things we try to communicate to our children are things we need to learn for ourselves. Absolutely. Healthy people ask for help. I that's think right. that's just a really handy reminder, um, for each of us. And and in my situation, being a bonus mom, you know, the the routine that I was complaining about, or at least trying to illustrate, wasn't necessarily my day-to-day routine. And, and my kiddos were 5, 7, and 10 when I first met them, and they're now 14, 16, and 19, almost 20. And I, and I got to experience some of those um, scheduling conflicts and so many sports and soccer and football and wrestling and, um, and cheerleading and competitions and all kinds of things where you find yourself juggling, mm. especially on the weekends. Um, and our time was a little unorthodox in that every weekend we had the opportunity to have our kiddos and one day a week and then every weekend. And so I didn't, there's, to be honest, there's something that I mourned and that I didn't get to experience the frustrations of going to school every morning and the drop-offs and the PTA meetings and the things that sometimes we kind of dread because I didn't necessarily get to fill that that role. Um, they have somebody in their life to fill that role. Um, I had the opportunity to fill other roles, but I don't think that takes away or minimizes the emotions and the feelings that go into it. The good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of the emotions. Yeah. 
So if you haven't already figured it out, I think today's episode is all about keeping it real as a parent. And, you know, there are there's highs and there's lows and there's there's in between. There's there's a lot of, of dull times as well. Um, and I think the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And in the moments uh, when we're, we're happy, there's a danger that we might slip into a place of wanting to be even happier mm. uh, than we are. I think in the moments when we're in distress, uh, you know, there's it's it's never going to get any better than this. Um, I, I had I love that both of you guys have have basically given permission. And I think it's important for people to hear that we're giving permission for people to to experience their experience. And Absolutely. And I think in this day and age, we have as a society have done ourselves such a disservice with all this social media and this presentation, I say. And when I say that, I just, how are you how are you projecting yourself to other people? What do you want other people to view you as? What do you want them to see? And social media is a wonderful disguise for the fancy restaurant meals or meals at restaurants and dinners and the family vacations and the perfect poses and, um, and the trips and the just hanging out and the cuddles and the snuggles and while as much as I love those, never will one of us take a picture of the DEFCON 1 meltdown and say, loving, living the best life right now, loving it. Um, because I think with that comes some shame and some embarrassment. And yet we all have those DEFCON 1 moments, whether it's with our children or whether it's with ourselves. But maybe maybe it's um, it's that I think sometimes we feel like we have to shepherd and, and shelter other people away from um, the chaos and the frustrations and the fits and the tears and the snot and the poop and the pee and the throw up and all of that stuff, which is it's just life. That's just what this is about. And, and we signed up for it and signed on for it. And yes, we all of us, I'm sure, can attest so grateful that I have the opportunity to be a mom or a dad. And yet there are days where I honestly get on my knees and go, really, God, are you sure? Are you sure I'm cut out for this? Yeah, I just, you know, Solomon wrote about how there was, um, you know, you learned more in at funerals than you did at weddings, at parties, right? Uh, in Ecclesiastes, and I think that, you know, to, to kind of go along with what, what Laurie said about how we always have to present our best life now and nobody can actually know who we are and nobody can know that we're struggling because um, everything has to be A-OK. Like, like our pastor said, you know, if you want to post a picture of your new car on Facebook, that's fine. But be sure to, in the description of that picture, uh, include the interest rate you got. He said, nobody's willing to do that, right? Because it might not be very favorable, but at least you got the nice, nice new car. And I think we, um, we've, we've gone away from dealing with hard things. We don't like to talk about them. We don't want to deal with them. We want to pretend like they're not real. Um, but at some point you have to deal with them. So I think that, you know, one of the things we learned along the way is if when, when, when they bubble up to the surface, if you will just deal with them, if you'll be honest about them, um, you can process them. And there is sunshine on the other end of the storm. I'm reminded of that in springtime in Texas, North Texas, every year. As nasty and as violent and as damaging as that storm is, when the storm is over and you go outside, everything smells fresher. Right. I mean, there, there is, is beauty on the other side of the storm. And I think that we forget that. And we just try to, we spend most of our lives avoiding the storm instead of embracing the storm because life's hard. Parenting's hard. Those are truths. We should embrace that and walk in that place and make sure there are people walking alongside us in that place too. 
You know, and in the same breath, I want us to be really mindful and sensitive to um, those that are struggling with infertility issues. And I just want you to know that you're seen and heard and known by us in this. And uh, our, our prayer is that you don't find this in jest because as somebody that is and has walked through those same struggles, um, I I completely understand certain frustrations hearing um, parents maybe struggle or complain about being a mom when it's um, almost impossible, if not impossible, for you to get to experience that. And so I know that there's hardship and heartache in that. Um, And I just want you to know that if you have cousins or nieces or nephews or friends with kids, our hope and prayer is that you can see just the truth and being honest about the struggles in life. And this episode just has to happens to be about parenting. Yeah, I think that's important to note. I mean, being being real about your experience, uh, it doesn't. And, and you know, this this podcast goes out to to a wide variety of folks. It's it's downloadable all over the world. Um, and so trying to accommodate for individual, uh, I'm just going to say feelings on any particular matter. Uh, I, I think we can float out there and say, it's never going to be our intent to offend or hurt anybody in any sort of a way. Um, but in the spirit of, of, of giving permission for people to kind of own their experiences, um, it, it's important that people not have to um well let me rephrase that it's it's important that people have the opportunity to not check their swing um and and that that may mean that you know uh in in the middle of the mall might not be the best place for you to process your feelings um but everybody should have a place where they can go and not have to check their swing and you know what i love about uh my relationship with god is that even when all of my my tangible human assets for 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 having that place go away. Um, I've got a nice forty minute commute to and from work every day where where he and I can get get real mm-hmm. uh, with one another. And um, so, if you're in that situation where you feel like you can't voice yourself uh, uh, and you feel unheard or unseen, um, he's there. He sees you, uh, and he's he's likely waiting on you. Um, uh, so. Take advantage of it. Well, I mean, that's that's one of God's names, right? The God who sees me. And so, I mean, I, I, and for me personally, I don't speak for anybody else, but there are times when I don't take advantage of my 40-minute commutes um, because somehow, you know, God doesn't know he's waiting for me to tell him. You know, I just, just think that, that I have a real sort of small view of God in a lot of those ways. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's something obviously we've we've really had to come to terms with uh, and really sort of change the way we've prayed over the years. Um, I read a really, really great book called Becoming a Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. I don't know if either of you have read that before. Uh, but I've listened to it about four or five times on audio because it's, it's only 28 minutes, the audio book, right? It's not really long. But I'm also to the point where I want to just, just listen to it so much and read it that I actually like memorize the entire thing because he talks about praying and and how you how you talk to the Lord and um, and things like that and just really shifted our dynamic and, and and sort of shifted our prayer life at home and so much so that that I can tell you some of the changes that have happened in some of the relationships in our home when we have just taken the nothing in my hands I bring but only to thy cross I cling approach to life instead of just kind of resting our, our own strength which is which is a um, an illusion. Um, But for a long time, I pretended like it wasn't. 
people talk about keeping up with the Joneses and, and there's, there's definitely a lot of, of pure social, sometimes self pressure. Mm. Uh, we get a lot of pressure from our spouses, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that, uh, I have a tendency to hang on to feedback that is given to me in perpetuity and, and well beyond the duration that the person who provided me that feedback even remembers. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that is something that we need to be mindful of. Um, a challenge that I've had in parenting is, uh, trying to, um, put action behind the idea that my my love and my relationship with my children or with my spouse is more important to me than the thoughts and the opinions of those that are outside of that immediate circle. And also even beyond that, those that I'm shopping with at the grocery store or uh, casually playing alongside at the park or whatever the circumstances are, because you know, there are, there are so many expectations and, um, it, it can detract in so many ways and set us up, I think, as parents for, uh, not just missed opportunities to experience with our loved ones. Um, but I think it, it trains our children how to treat us. Um, and so a lot of times when we're complaining about the behavior of our children, um, we really have to take a moment as long as we're being real and, and own the fact that we're the ones who have trained our children mm. to behave the way they're behaving. That's so good. That Ooh, is so story. good. And so you lob something that can, we could discuss for a while now, 20 minutes into the thing. So, well, um, to, to be continued, I so think absolutely. that's a great platform for yeah, the next we, time. That, that's so good, Sean. I was listening to you thinking, oh my gosh, if, if the children tend to whine when they don't get their way, it might be because the adults tend to whine when they don't get their way, you know, and uh, gosh. And they're not legal to drink the wine to cope <laughs> with it. <so. laughs> well, no, I, th- I think the reason I really, that really kind of, hit home with me when you were saying those things is because this is, this is really a big journey that we're on at our home right now. Um, you know, as parents, we always tell the kids they have to clean their rooms. Um, but some stuff got moved into our room out of necessity and just stayed there for weeks. And so my wife and I last Saturday, our enjoyable Saturday afternoon is we cleaned our room because, um, we felt like we'd lost the moral authority to, to get onto the kids about cleaning their rooms when if they came into ours, they kind of had to walk sideways to navigate some of the stuff that's <laughs> on the floor, right? Guilty. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think the other thing... It, it, what are you doing hanging out in my room? I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> Good pair. You're not supposed to be in my room. <laughs> Everything after that's irrelevant. But I think that... Um, you know, we have to own that that the that, that kids are watching all the time and they're learning from us. And so, uh, one of the things that, that that we, because we now recognize that is, is is we we deal with trouble. We we walk through difficult things. We take ownership of our feelings. We seek help, and so we model those things for our kids. We don't hide those things from our kids, in hopes that they will then see that as normalized behavior, and then set them up for success in life. And so, so so hard hard things are a blessing. Right. I mean, they, they can be a blessing, right? This idea that we don't talk about in churches anymore. God says, I allowed this to happen to you so that you would return to me. And we, and we don't, we don't want to talk about that because there's a lot you have to take ownership of if you want to discuss that thing. And so, um, you know, 
the hard stuff happens and, and, and it sucks and, and, and it leaves you in a pile on the floor some days and, and, and that's real. And you have to just, just own that and, and, and operate in that space some days. And if you're not in a pile on the floor, maybe you've locked yourself in your bathroom for five minutes because you know that's the only piece that you're going to get, right? I mean, and so it, it can just be those those little moments, too, of just... I'm just trying to catch my breath today. I haven't, I haven't even sat down. I haven't even sat down. You know, I haven't, I haven't stopped. I haven't thought for one second about myself. And I think that's another truth that we talk about what we're emulating. It is so important that if you continue to put your family first and not yourself, then you're going to find yourself burnt out and that you don't have it to pour out into your family. That's, that may feel selfish for many of us who are people pleasers or who aim for the betterment of other people all the time. And that's what feeds you. I understand that, but that can't feed you a hundred percent at one, at some point you have to pour back and feed yourself, whether that means through God, which is my hope and prayer for you, or whether that means through some other venue. Um, I think for myself, just full, for full transparency and disclosure and Ryan start thinking, cause I'm going to ask you next. Sean just shared, you know, one of his biggest challenges in, in parenting. Um, and I think for me, which if we have listeners from the foster and adoptive side, um, I can really, I can look you guys in the eye and say, I see you and I know you and I understand you when I say it, it took a lot of intention for me to earn the trust and security of my children. Um, I, I had to be very mindful and deliberate to make sure that they understood I was a safe person and my only intention was to love them. And in so much when we got married, my son, he was... 10 at the time, he was the best man. My daughters were um, eight and 14, and they were uh, my flower girl and my bridesmaid. But when we did our vows, I had the kids come up. And as much as I vowed to my husband, I vowed to our kids that as a family, I was never there to replace anybody. And I was never there to take over, but only to serve as somebody to love and to protect them along the way. And so I say that 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 took time and intentionality. And in the same breath, I mourn an opportunity. I still mourn almost 10 years into this. Um, I find that there's moments that I don't get to parent the way that I want to parent because I'm in a cohort with three people. There's four of us doing this job. And sometimes my vision or my intention doesn't get put into place because it's not just me and they're not just mine. And so just for the sake of any blended families or even those that are in the foster and adoption journey, that may be something where you can say, you know what, I get that. And this is just me to you saying, you know what, I get it too. And and we're in this thing together. Let me jump in before you ask Ryan. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let Ryan off the hook on that. But, uh, before you Ryan's ask Ryan, in the room that he walk out. <laughs> before you ask Ryan that question, I, uh, I, I want to respond to something that you said because um, the, while while what you expressed is uh, is uh, your experience of those circumstances, having to come in and earn the trust and. Um, and, and kind of uh, the, the struggle of, of maybe being lost and in, in having your voice lost or having to acquiesce from time to time within the context of parenting decisions. Um, I, I think those I think those experiences are are common um, amongst all parents, though. Yeah. right? Like all parents have to earn the trust of their children, um, even if they give birth to them. I mean, 
mean, it, it happens differently than if you come into the equation at a, at a later point. But that's where we that's where we have some children that are in our foster care system that struggle with the things that we struggle with because their parents didn't do those things uh, in their early childhood to to demonstrate that adults can be trusted, right? Um, and so, uh, so, so that's something that we can share in common. Parenting, that's, that's parenting. We're every day having to reinforce with our kids, you can trust us. Hands yes. down. You're safe with me. You can trust me. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And whether you came from my belly or not. Yes. And, and the other thing that I wanted to say is, and, and you know, my, my wife is, is a bonus mom uh, to a couple of, of my children as well. And, um, you know, we, we have these conversations and, and I, I feel, I feel her from time to time have that, that anxiety or that, uh, frustration that you expressed about, you know, sometimes I, I don't get to parent the way that, that I would choose to parent in this situation. But I would say, I would say that that's, that's also common. Um, even if you're a single parent, there are times you don't get to parent the way that you would choose to parent um, because there are just so many forces that come in on us, right? Um, there's grandparents, there's aunts, there's uncles, there's teachers, there's the nosy neighbor down the street that thinks the kids are your, you know, hers or, or, or there's your spouse and, and not all spouses are perfectly aligned in, in their parenting strategies, uh, even in, in a two parents Absolutely. situation. Um, and so I say those things just to say, I'm there with you and I hear you. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a real struggle. And, and I think, I think that's a common struggle that, that parents have. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. All right, Ryan, spill it. What's most challenging for you as a parent? All of it. <laughs> True story. Well, Thanks for listening to Foster Family Matters. <laughs> How about a hard question? Um, for, for me, I think, um, there are certain things that my parents did in, in raising me that I didn't like. My parents are yellers. Didn't like being yelled at. Not a big fan of it. But I find um, that when I am really feeling under pressure at home, the volume goes up. And so just just really um, being aware of those things and trying to just actively stay ahead of that um, and try to just engage the children calmly and try to remember this is a six-year-old that's struggling. This is not somebody that is intentionally trying to ruin my day. I think a lot of times, a lot of what we inherited was the kids are trying to ruin the parents' day kind of stuff. Um, you know, we had some stuff go on this this week at home that, that really kind of reinforced that. So when you said, "Well, what do you struggle with?" Um, I went straight away to the things that I had to, that I had to fight that came naturally to me, and that's the whole. Um, if it's not bleeding, don't bother me kind of stuff that the, the kind of like I'm sure a lot of people our age were raised with. Um, but but just really kind of trying to remember that, that the, the more the kids are struggling, the closer you have to bring them to you when you want to push them away, when you want to go and lock yourself in the bathroom for three minutes or whatever. And I told a group of parents at, at intern orientation last week, listen, here's the key to parenting. On those days when you have to build connection all the time. So on those days when you want to go and lock yourself in the bathroom, you can't. You have to to go and figure a way out a way to connect with your children and um most of i the, might disagree with you <laughs> i find myself in the bathroom no I, I think we all find a compromise it'll be an hour um, a minute and a half or an hour and a half instead of the full well no i, I no i don't i don't think we disagree ultimately because i think we all want to do that but i think that the truth of the matter is that the harder our kids are uh, or their behaviors are and that's the more they need us which is which but mm. also the paradox then is it's then when you want the greatest distance between you and your child absolutely it's, it's why it's why um, I heard somebody say on the radio recently, 
you know what what makes Tom Brady special and that and he said well th- think about this yours this guy standing back here and really big strong fast people are trying to knock his head off and everything in his brain all of his survival mechanisms are telling him to run for his life but 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 the, the, the you know the outer parts of his brain where all the developed good stuff lives that's overriding his survival brain and it's saying no 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 stay here you got this and then he delivers the ball with a high degree of accuracy when everything in him is screaming run 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 if you want to be a Tom Brady like parent when everything in you is screaming run 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 you have to override that those instincts and those survival mechanisms that you have and you have to hang in there and you have to deliver with accuracy as much as you possibly can. Well, and I really wonder if that run, run, run voice is ultimately our own parents and their teaching and their parenting style. And so it may not be run, it may be yell back because that's how I treated you. So it's sounding from your last week or, or what you find as a struggle is, is you as a dad may have, although you hate the sound of yelling, you may have a propensity to yell more because that's what you were I don't have to take around. exception with may have and be honest and say, <laughs> I do have. I was being generous and nice. <laughs> yes. But right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And I think we can definitely put a pin in that because that could be a whole nother podcast, which we would love to share with you and open up of really what do our parents parenting styles look like in terms of being traditional and and how can we change that up and is that comfortable is it not the answer is it's not comfortable just get to the joint right cut to the chase right there um but we'll we'll make time for you in another podcast for that conversation but i think ultimately we're very much directed by by those before us and those who raised us. Well, while you're putting future ideas on this episode for people to listen to, I, I think that, you know, um, we talk about fight, flight or freeze always in the context of how our children respond. But I think we could really, really dive into fight, flight or freeze responses in parents Hands in, down. In, in moments when they're struggling. Right. And, you know, I, I think that um, if you really want a, a glimpse into somebody's childhood, watch how they parent their children when they're under pressure. Right. Cause, cause I was yelled at and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm crushing parenting uh, in air quotes here. Right. Until uh, I mean, it's easy to crush parenting when all the kids want is a snack. Right. But when there's actual conflict in the house, um, my volume goes up. And so then you got a glimpse into, into my childhood immediately over there. And I, so, so, you know, be vulnerable if, if you are in, you know, parenting, um, you know, if you're, you're married and, and, and you're parenting, um, together, ask, give your spouse permission to just watch how you interact when you're dialed into the children in crisis. And then at a time when your lid's not flipped to give you a little bit of feedback on how that went. Ooh, that's a lot of vulnerability right there. We, we did, we did that. And it was transformative. I mean, it was hard at first because you want to get defensive. You don't talk about it. And our deal is we can talk about it the next day. We just can't talk about it the same day. Um, that's kind of to give us a little bit of a buffer. But but I think that we debrief in all other situations. We should debrief our parenting interactions with our children because there's any way we're going to get better at it. Okay. Well, uh, this, this, this one's gone a little longer than, our, than we usually have, but uh, I think that's good. I think it's good discussion, and, and who knows, our, our future episodes may, may linger longer as we, uh, as we get more accustomed to doing this sort of thing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you find the information uh, useful. Um, I, I am gonna, I'm going to ask real quick for, for closing thoughts, and then I've got a, a, a one, one more thought I want to tag onto the end of it, and then we'll, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, who wants to go first? I will. Mine's short. Uh, parenting's hard. 
life is hard. Parent, it, there's moments where it can suck and there's moments where there's great rewards. Um, all I want is an amen from every listener on that. And, and, and that's it. And the moment you can amen, that is, I think, is the first step towards being honest and real with yourself. Well, uh, my comments are even shorter because I'm going to be the first amen that you asked for um, everything Lori said. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and mine is really just, you know, it, it, keeping it real is is important and it's become mm-hmm. somewhat of a of a buzzword, buzz phrase, whatever I can pop culture here recently. Right. But uh, own your circumstances, own your reality, own your experiences is really what I mean to say. And don't be shamed by them. Uh, everybody has, you know, something that they're dealing with. And, and, and you've got to find the right place where you can um, express it and, and deal with it. Uh, find that place. If you don't have it, please, you know, find it, turn to the Lord, uh, whatever you, you need to do. Um, but don't keep it bottled up. And, and my, I, I think my closing advice to anybody who's listening to this is, is don't sit there so long that it, it takes you down. Mm. Don't, don't be, don't let your life become that pasta from last week that's sitting at the back of the fridge that everyone forgot about. Uh, you know, don't start growing weird, funky stuff. If you're in the bathroom long enough and your feet start to fall asleep, you know it's time to get out. That's a good practical tip from <laughs> Lori Fungi. Based on experience, I imagine. Or at least real. stand up and stretch, right? I mean, <laughs> a stretch might be helpful. <laughs> Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening to our to our show. Uh, again, as as always, please uh, share. We're trying to get the word out there. Um, we hope that you find this helpful. Uh, we are looking at putting together some resources where maybe you can join in community with us and uh, with some of your fellow listeners out there, uh, maybe in the form of a, uh, a Facebook group or something like that. Um, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Bye-bye.